You're listening to the Paranormal UK Radio Network, the best in paranormal talk radio in the UK and around the world. Hey, everybody, we're here, alive and thrive, in the most culturally diverse city in the world, Toronto, home of Blue Jays, Raptors, Maple Leafs, and Canadian psychic Robert Lindsay Milne. That's me. And welcome to my side of the crystal ball. We're going to be hipping and a-hopping and biffing and a-bopping tonight because, boy, we've got a great show. My good friend Adam Gal uh, is joining me. I had the privilege of being on his podcast uh, last March, and we had a great conversation, and he, and he promised me that he'd come back. And, in fact, here he is tonight. Um, we had this amazing talk in the green room just, just before the show, and uh, we talked about so many things until finally one of us might have been Adam. He said, you know, we've been talking about so much great stuff. Um, we we may, may, Maybe we should just start recording. So we just started recording. Uh, so Adam Gall is, is um, a former uh, uh, t- teacher, um, and and he was a, a, a sports and, and – uh, um, physical fitness teacher at, at a at a college or at a middle school and um as well as he has a um a very impressive uh, uh sports background he also besides being a a physical athlete he also uh, happens to be really smart he's retired from uh being a teacher and well, uh, in 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 a school and 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 physical fitness, and somewhere along the line, he started having the ability to see things um, and and connect with the akashic records. And what are the akashic records? You ask. Well, just stick around because Adam's going to be here, and we're going to be talking about that and a whole lot more. Um, this is a really exciting show. Now, just before we start, I've got a couple of requests. If you're watching us on YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe to our channel. You know, subscriptions are really important. They mean a lot. And by the way, um, there's no charge. And 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 you know, when you subscribe to our channel. What, what what happens is we we start getting a wider very broader base of of uh, listeners and watch and viewers and when we get to a certain um, amount of viewers uh, we start getting uh, credit points from uh, YouTube so please like comment subscribe to our channel um and by the way you can find us uh on my side of the crystal ball of course on YouTube Apple Spotify, iHeart, and pretty much anywhere else you find uh, your podcasts. You can also find uh, me personally. Oh, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, That's my side of the crystal ball. And uh, if you want to find me personally, you can uh, find me on my website, www.robertlindsaymilne.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok as well. 
And now, just as uh, we're about to start, uh, WWRS. I'm sure a lot of you uh, know that I'm really interested in psychology, behavior, growth, um, inner inner enlightenment, etc. And so tonight I want to talk to you about um, dealing and facing pain and, and how we do it or why we don't do it or and what happens if if we don't do it or if if we do it. So Every one of us has had something in our life that has caused us hurt in the past. No, no matter how wonderful somebody's life is, there's always been something. And there are those that have fewer of those, and there are people that have greater than others. But we all have hurt, and we all get uh, pained. Sometimes we forget about, consciously, deliberately avoid looking at that pain. Talking about that pain, admitting that pain is there. Sometimes it's just too scary because it hurts so much when it was inflicted upon us all those years ago. And we hold it inside. And it takes a lot of energy to hold that inside. And um, so we can have bouts of anger with that pain. And we'll cover anger in just a little while. Right now, we're going to look at pain. So when we start to look at something, we remember, we remember that it hurts so much. We're not feeling it right now, though. We're remembering what we think it felt like, but we're not feeling it. And one of the most important things about getting in touch with those hurts from the past is there is one thing that is absolutely irrefutable. And what's absolutely irrefutable about any painful, terrible experience that you've had is you survived it. Because if you hadn't survived it, you, you, you wouldn't be alive and you wouldn't be watching this conversation or watching this, this what I'm talking about. You wouldn't be here. So when we remember something from the past, we're afraid because we remember it hurt, but we're remembering it in our um, analytical brain that has no emotion, and we're detached from it because the pain's not there. When we look at th this, well, one of the things we also have to be aware of is that when we actually remember what it feels like, it's never as bad, as hurtful as it was when it was inflicted upon us. And 
when we acknowledge that it's never as bad remembering than it was when it was inflicted upon us, and we're living proof that we survived it, then we can face that pain. Now, when we're actually remembering pain, it's coming from a different part of our, our, our brain. Um, and, and we're not actually feeling it, we're remembering that we felt it. So to give you an example, when, when I was a kid, um, just to uh, keep me fit for playing hockey, I uh, played a little bit of football too. And uh, one time in a practice, I got hit in the head with a forearm and it hit the, my helmet and my helmet was a little bit loose and it turned. Uh, my neck didn't turn, uh, but my nose got, you know, it was level with my ears, uh, you know, it was crack. So we went to the hospital and um, when the doctor was about to fix my nose, that was, you know, all mangled. He said to me, um, we can't freeze your bone. So you're just going to have to, in essence, basically what he said is you're just going to have to suck it up. Um, so he had these great big long prongs and he stuck them up. I know I was laying down and I was, um, I was uh, uh, sedated and, and he, but, but I was awake and, and, he, and he stuck the prongs right up my nose and then he started to push my nose back into place. Oh my God. It hurts so much. I can remember the agony of it. I can remember even um, what the bone felt like going scraping back across the bone. But I don't feel it. Because that's coming from another part of my brain. So in the remembering, it's never as bad as it was when it was inflicted upon us. And we are living proof we survived it. Pain and anger. Now, we don't like to remember those terrible things that happened to us, especially when we haven't had any experience with getting past. And some of us, and I'm, I'm one of them, right? I have been, um, become so detached from that the art, those hurt feelings. Um, we might even deny that we have them. We cannot just ignore the hurt and the pain. And we don't like feeling pain. So what we do is we mask that pain with anger. Um, we, instead of getting in touch with the pain, we focus on being angry. We humans are capable of only feeling one feeling at a time. 
you can't suck and blow at the same time. There's you you um, can't be happy and sad in the same moment or high or low. Um, you are in one feeling in the moment. When you mask the anger, sorry, when you mask the pain with anger, um, you don't feel the pain. What you do, though, is you lash out and you take it outward. And when you're being angry and you lash out, you don't feel the pain. And, you know, you always see, you, you know, some big palooka or, or um, well, anybody say they, they, they get drunk and act like a, a, a jerk. And then after they've acted like a jerk and, you know, beat everybody up in the place or harassed everybody, um, then they get quiet and then they get all teary eyed and cry and, you know, shit like that. Well, what happens is they get too tired to keep the anger going. And then that anger no longer masks the pain. And then they get in touch with the pain and then they just become, you know, weak. And then we will tend to have very little compassion. And we also wouldn't understand that either. Anyway, I digress. So when you're anger is masking that pain, the pain festers. And it gets hotter. It gets greater. And it expands. And then what happens is, in order to keep that pain numbed, the anger has to get greater. And over time, it gets greater and greater, and greater, and greater. Sometimes in some of my life coaching, and even, even in uh, psychic readings, you know, I'll come across someone in, in a relationship, um, and they're really angry, and, and the relationship breaks up, they're heartbroken, he's not going to, you know, and, and, there's a part of that mourning or a part of dealing with that loss where if they don't get in touch with their feelings of, of hurt, um, what happens is they can get resentful and angry. So when, when, when you see uh, people that have been in, you know, a horribly acrimonious uh, relationship, uh, you, you know, and, and, you know, they've done equals horrible things to each other uh, um when when um they're masking the hurt the anger gets greater and greater so if they push the anger aside and get in touch with the pain feel it identify it and remember that no matter what you've survived any type of hurt like this in the past and you will get through this one you just keep telling yourself that stay in touch with the pain put light on it identify it talk about it be open about it 
And in time, it lessens and lessens and lessens again. So to get over the hurt, to prevent yourself from feeling it, you get angry. To heal it, push the anger aside and get in touch with the pain. When you get in touch with the pain, it begins to heal. And that's what Robert has to say. You know, Adam, I've been a guest on your show, and you you you've uh, returned the favor that you're you're joining me on my side of the crystal ball. Thank you very much. The people that uh, that are going to be watching us talk today um, have missed a lot. Just just you and me sitting together t- talking about what we've done. The, the, there's such similarity. Uh, you know, yeah. so many things that are the same but different is uh you know that we we've experienced is 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 fabulous um so i know that you're um a phys that you were a teacher and your specialty was physical education you you you've been into sports and things like that um so how does a winning pitcher become p-i-t-c-h-e-r how can a winning pitcher all of a sudden uh become an expert in reading the Akashic records? Like, how do you do that leap? Well, there was I'm a throwing big... strikes. To, yeah, I guess. To, to get how did you do that? <laughs> well, I, there was a big, a big gap between when I finished playing college and getting into the Akashic records. I'd say that was about maybe 25 years between uh, of, of, of timing. But I think the, the accumulation of actually learning the, the lessons through sport and, you know, and, and, and who our audience is when we're playing and who, the motivation for participation is a big factor for me understanding a little bit more about my own life and my own journey. And as we mentioned earlier, as we spoke, we spoke about the people in our lives who are the, the, the forces behind each one of us in order to, you know, be subservient, so to speak, or pleasing to. And I think the, my journey um, pushed me along in, in, a, in a competitive manner, which was pleasing the external world, which over then a period of time brought me inward to then go inward to understand I had a, a core and a soul. And the ability. How did that happen? So you you know you're playing baseball, throwing strikes, and 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 getting hits and th- things like that. How did you go from that to recognizing you have a soul? That's brilliant. Well, it was that interaction with my father. Oh, okay. So the interaction with my father as a as an individual who uh, was living through me mm. as a as a as an eight year old, nine year old, all the way up to high school. Um, and his particular um, impetus was trying to make himself feel good through my actions, through the things maybe that he was unable to do as a child. So you become a star and he gets to be the star too. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Uh, and going through that experience made me question who I was and what was making me happy and who was I making happier. Oh. What was my goal? What was my what was my role in life? Was it to please people and lose my own self 
or was it for me to regain myself? And I think those experiences of having trauma in my house and, you know, moments of, of, of physical altercations and having nurses at home as in like being hit and beat up or stuff. Well, there was, there were incident instances where that took place, um, where, you know, my father would come home from work and, um, he would be, he worked in wall street in the stock market. He was the son of immigrants himself was he was an immigrant. He came to this country in 1951 after traveling from country to country, surviving world war two with his parents, his stepfather, his father was killed in World War II, who we didn't know. Uh, what made it interesting was they came here and, you know, they, they, they made it in some capacity. You know, my grand, my, not my biological grandfather, but, but his father, who I considered my grandfather at the time, had a grocery store. They came here. They, you know, they worked hard. My grandmother was a seamstress. Uh, everything was about just keeping the family together, I assume, after the war, rather than really being able to question or go back and deal with any of the traumas that they specifically went through. So everything was buried in their past. Mm -hmm. So when my father came here, he worked at Wall Street. He came home. My mother was very nervous. She, she waited by the radio to listen, to hear when the train was arriving at the train station from New York. Sure. And it was, it was, it was funny. It was a news radio called WINS 1010 wins radio AccuWeather report and traffic. I, I know that station. Okay. So traffic was the big, the big nut name in my mother's kitchen. And every time the radio went on and the traffic was being, you know, you know, reported, my mother was listening to the specific train. If it was arriving on time, if it arrived on time, we were in a good mood. If there was a 10 or 15 minute delay, we weren't in a good mood. And my mother would wait till my father got home and report to my father to rile him up to say, you know what your son did? Do you know what your son did? Do you know what your son did? And wait till your father gets home. Oh, yeah. So that can be the longest wait in the world. <laughs> it was the longest wait in the world. And then I ran to the corner to try to greet my father before he got to my mother. Oh, yeah. really? Wow. Yeah. So I'd run to the corner. You know, not showing, not not with not with showing any right. type of you know. You know, uh, I wasn't really conscious of it probably, but now I am. I ran to the corner to beat my mother to the, not that she was waiting. To beat the corner, well, I did. I, to feel safe. I, yeah, feel safe. Be, when I gave protected. him a hug and he said, "Yeah, yeah." He said he said to me, how, "I go, how are you? I go, how's how's your day, Dad?" And he said, "Oh, it was it was this, it was that." He walked up the block. He came up the steps. My mother said, "If I were you, I wouldn't talk to him." And I said, oh, here we go. So it all started. It, this, this went on for so many years, uh, on and off. A lot, of, a lot of trauma, a lot of stress through that situation. And I had my, a good relationship with my grandmother, his, his mother, my father's mother, who was very endearing to me and understanding of what I was experiencing. Um, I'd run to her house a block and a half away, and she'd sit me down, and I'd explain to her. And I said, "Grandma, I don't know what's going on." She says, "Please, I understand what I understand what you're experiencing. Your father doesn't know better, I don't think." Um, and I was young, so I I overlooked it, and I just went along with it. And I just felt that I had a safe haven to go to her house whenever these things took place. But the more I was engaged in the house, the more I was questioning what was happening. Um, and just getting yes. back to, to the point of what you had, had asked me initially, going from yeah. my childhood to playing sports to then walking on to like a Division One baseball team, 
having no support at that point, because as we mentioned earlier, it was no longer about my father getting a feed into the energy of what I was doing. It was me now becoming an independent individual and now learning the ropes of life on my own, so to speak. I I, I have to uh, mention this to you, Adam. Um, what I'm hearing, and what we were talking a little bit about before we were just just hanging out before the show, uh, what, what I'm hearing and you're describing it, you were in a serious, like, like um, on a scale of one to 10 in terms of dysfunction, uh, you, 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 you were living at least at a nine. Yeah. I'd maybe, so. maybe a nine and a half. And the only difference to make a nine and a half, a 10 would be the kid gets killed. But other than that, that that was like nine you're you were a nine nine and a half now here's my question how come you became so strong dealt with it and 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 created a, a, a um um an amazingly interesting and fulfilling existence when others that have had uh less uh, uh, trauma and couldn't make it. What do you think's the difference? Well, I mean, if if I look at it now, understanding yeah, a little yeah, bit more yeah, about yeah. the spiritual world and having yeah. a deeper understanding of choosing our parents, choosing mm -hmm. the life path that we're going to choose, uh, I think this was the impetus or the pressure necessary for my soul to evolve and to have these persons, characters in my life in order to put me through hardship so I didn't become a victim of circumstances, but I became wiser from, from the circumstances. So the answer I would have given if I would have been talking about you is I would have said, that's because he's so strong and determined and has a great will. That I have. Well, that's, that's the way I would. That's the way um, I would see what you've done. You well, did I didn't. I, I would have said that initially, and I have yeah. that in combination. But the combination yeah. of that, and also having a deeper understanding of my path and other people's paths, have given me that the willpower also to go on and to give that insight to other people. Because, there, yeah, th there's another thing um, as well, and that is your inner kindness. Thank you. No, it's true. Yeah, because you could have gone the other way. Oh, it and 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 it was a conscious choice. Absolutely. You know, you could have really gone the other way. Uh, I had a, I had an. And incidentally, had, we have all, we all, we all have those, uh, you know, positive negative moments, whether we go to the light or the dark. Absolutely. Yeah. But I so, had a force. Yeah. I had my grand I had my grandmother, my grandmother Lydia, my as I said. Yeah, me before. too. Yeah. And that grandmother of mine, yeah, who lived that block and a half away, was situated in a perfect spot for me to seek shelter and feel safe. Right. Okay. And that's what we need when we're traumatized like that. Okay, so so how does this kid who's a star baseball player and and really strong and you know, caring a lot for, for the whole family. How, how did you find out about the Akashic Records? How did that happen? Well, I guess over the years, accumulating mm -hmm. all of these experiences and dealing with the traumas that we mentioned or were yep. speaking about, uh, 
the the, the specific emotional issues turned physical for me. How so? Well, I, I first tied it into uh, maybe it being psychosomatic in terms of having asthma. Um, but I had experiences like where I was in the gymnasium of my school and I was having breathing problems. I had allergies. There was dust. There was, they were polyurethane, the polyurethane, the floors every year. But I looked up one, one time in the uh, building and um, I never had this before. I look at the vent in my gym gymnasium. Mm-hmm. And I all of a sudden was getting panic, a panic attack. I know them. Okay. Through that panic attack, I was hyperventilating, you know, having a hard time breathing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as, it, as it went on, I, it, I guess it got a little bit more intense. And there was a woman at work who had spoken to me and told me that uh, she knew somebody who does energy work. And at the time, I knew a little bit about acupuncture, acupressure. I had done that type of, you know, holistic work or dealt with people who've helped me with that. Uh, And then I contacted the person, she said, and he got on the phone. He said to me, yeah, you have asthma. Uh, He didn't, you know, he he read my energy, which at that time I didn't know about. And I came to visit him and, you know, he started telling me about my childhood, Uh, you know what the issues were, the traumas, you know, the, the fighting, whatever. He said, why'd you walk around so angry as a child? I mean, he knew why, and he was just trying to elicit my, you know, response to that. Um, as it turned out, while we were working with one another, my intuition started to expand. I was able to tell him about clients with looking at their pictures that were on the wall that he was, you know, sending energy to. And... Uh, he also had mentioned to me, said, you know, you have the potential to do this type of work. So I was feeling it and I was understanding that, that concept. As, it, as, the, as the time progressed and I spent time working with him, I had read a book on the Akashic Records by this woman by the name of Gabrielle Law. Uh, and her book... Was How do you spell her last name? O-R-R. Okay. Okay. Um, I had a reading done first, actually. She gave with me her? Reading. With her, yeah. She had told me, do you speak German? I said, I actually do. I speak it fluently. She said, yes. She said, and I was, you know, working through the traumas, the issues of asthma and other stuff. But she was telling me that, you know, you were in the past life. I see you in Germany uh, in a concentration camp. Uh, and I said, well... It's interesting. I lived in Germany for six months. I spoke fluently within six months. I married a German woman. Uh, I felt when I was in Germany at home. Uh, I literally felt when I walked through the streets, this is home to me. Um, came back. Uh, that was in 1987. And the reading continued. You know, you were a doctor that was well-liked. You had a Jewish mother, a Christian, fa- vice versa, a Christian mother, a Jewish father, and you, 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 you got killed at the end. Of the war. Of the war. Well, it was towards in the war itself. I did a, yeah. So as that, as that progressed, I uh, was going to psychic workshops, you know. Okay. And uh, I wound up, someone, they were burning incense in the, in, the build, in the room. And I had asked the teacher if she can put it out. And the girl next to me said, That's, that, that fear you have of the smoke is not from this life. It's from the past life. I said, oh, my God. And then I calmed down and I was able to at least try to acclimate myself to the burning of the incense and just realize it was something from the past and another person was seeing it. So, so that was triggering a PTSD episode and that woman's words calmed you down. Yes, it calmed me down. Okay. Yeah. 
pretty powerful words there. Yeah, absolutely. I did a reading for myself, an Akashic Record reading. Um, I then was able to learn how to read the Akashic Records myself, and I was doing readings for others and myself, and I heard, I came from Berlin, I had a Jewish mother, a, a Christian German mother, and a Jewish father. And I heard names, they came to me. I don't remember the names, but they came mm -hmm. to me. I was doing then a Reiki session on someone, distance healing, and the person got up off the chair afterwards and said, you were my doctor in the concentration camp. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Why do you think that happened? So, okay, so here's my reaction. It, my reaction is not, oh, wow, you know, like you're, you're, you're making up a story. My reaction is, what caused that person uh, to have a Reiki uh, uh, session with you and um, be able to recognize that you were her doctor in a concentration camp in another existence? Like, what are the odds of that? Like, like how did that happen? Wow. Well, I guess, I guess it being a unified field, a connective energy right that field of of connecting to another person when, when was that this was um last year a year and a half oh ago. okay oh i was thinking like 20 years ago oh okay this was like a recent like yes like, yes, like, yes okay wow yes. okay have you come uh, down from that high yet <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah okay that's true i well initially i did feel like I, it was a confirmation that made yeah. me validated well, what i course. was feeling and then i did i, I interviewed a, a people on my podcast a what couple. did you think when that happened where did you i go? i asked the person to describe to describe it and i asked the person who i did the reading for who was yeah. also in contact with doing akashic record readings i had said to her, could you do me a favor well initially i felt First of all, I was overwhelmed because I felt a sense of guilt of being associated with this time period. There was a, the Jewish background. Sorry, the, yeah, the, the, or the being Holocaust a doctor. Background. Oh, yes. being a, okay. Yes, yes. You know, you Are hear you about the different doctors and what they the experiments and everything else, and I didn't view myself like that. But I'm sure that I'll, I'll explain later what happened oh, recently. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But what, what took place was, uh, I, after she got up, she said, yes, you're in this room and you were in suspenders. And I always envisioned myself, I wore suspenders like in college. I dressed you're like I was you? 1940. Wow. Um, she, she, was, she says, wow. I said, could you do me a favor? I said, could you do a reading on that specific thing? And she, a week later, she write, writes me back. She goes, you had a German mother and a Jewish father and you were from Berlin. And I got the same reading myself. Okay. And you were an, you, I was an eye doctor, an eye doctor, a specialist that was well known. And incidentally, when I looked on the hospital in Berlin, the Charité, which is the hospital where most of the doctors, Jewish and Christian doctors alike, studied under, I did somewhat of a remote viewing and I drew, drew the building and it was the building that I saw on the, on the computer when I typed in images for the Charité. That's amazing. Yeah. And the, sh and the shoes I wore, I was able to look down at my shoes and see which yeah. shoes I wore yeah. and where I stood. Um, and then as I, as I, as I continued, I, I was explaining this before I did, I interviewed two people on a, on a, on my podcast. And at the end of the, what's podcast, the name of your podcast again? Uh, Conversations with Adam Gell and inspiring minds. Okay. Where's it yeah. found? It's on YouTube. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. So, so I did the reading. I did, had the interview at the end of the reading. They said, Adam, there's somebody I think is going to know you. 
I said, know me. I'm okay. <laughs> Is that biblical? <laughs> biblical. Well, it was, it was actually. He, yeah, it was, he wrote a book. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and what happened was I, I get an email from the person said, Adam, I don't mean, maybe this sounds a little strange, but my name is so-and-so and so-and-so, and you are my doctor in the concentration camps. That's amazing. And I, yeah, and, I, and, I, and I, she told me I was delivering babies. I was on the line helping people deliver children, and she, I pulled her off the line, and I, helped, I asked her to help me to save her life in, the, in, the, in, the, in that particular department. And she got a name, too, for me. Um, how do you carry that? And, and you know what I mean by well, carrying it? Like, like, how do you live with that and then still be normal? Well, I want to, I want to, I, I want to, I'm going to tell you the last couple of weeks okay. have been a yeah. little bit challenging. I oh, had a, I, yeah. I was put on, I'll tell you why tell me. I was, I went, I took a past life regression therapy. Mm -hmm. I was put on the uh, hypno hypnosis in a group, in a group session. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the hypnosis session was based upon that specific past life. So I was able to now okay. see three specific scenes yes. in my, in my, uh, in this, mm -hmm. in this time period. And the first scene was me arriving by train. I didn't know if it was Auschwitz or not, but that's where I was. That's, that's where it was. Uh, I saw the coat, the jacket I was wearing, a long wool coat. I wore a hat and glasses. I looked in the mirror. Uh, and then from there, I was given an outfit to wear and a white shirt, like a medical shirt with, and then I was tattooed on the arm, the forearm. The next with scene, numbers? Yeah, I was given numbers, yes. And I was, de I was demoralized because I thought I was a respected human being that was well-respected by my peers back in Germany and where I was. And so it was very demoralizing for me. I was very proud. And... This, the next scene was me standing at a desk. And at the desk, uh, there was an SS guard to my back and Jewish uh, inmates coming in with striped clothing. And I looked at them. They said, can you please help me? And I said this to myself, I can't do anything. Next, please. Next, please. Next, please. Well, the next scene was I went to the commandant of the camp and I said, you can do with, do with me whatever you choose, but I will not do what you're doing anymore. I will not sell my soul to this. I'm done. So the next scene was my death scene, which was a, was a they put a, a, like a black hood on me and I got shot in the chest. And then I, that was it. So this is this happened a couple of weeks ago. This this particular uh, how, how, how you doing now? I'm okay, but the first few mm. days thereafter were a little traumatizing for me. I have to yeah. say, yeah, yeah. So uh, my you and Rodney Dangerfield, right? I'm okay today, but boy, you should have seen me last week, right? Oh my god, <laughs> okay. that's true. That's actually true. I, it did set off. It did set off a, a little bit of a of a trauma in me. I have to. I have to say. Uh, but what it did was it, it pieced together and it gave me the opportunity to actually see how this actually is helpful because it, it shows us in our lifetime how we're experiencing certain traumas and certain, uh, certain moments that really revert back to possible past lives. And we're supposed to have awoken ourselves to these experiences so that our soul evolves 
and that we are faced with certain things of making decisions or uh, challenging one of the virtues that I was supposed to experience, which I felt was truth, speaking the truth, dealing with people who aren't being truthful. I have a slight variation um, only to when you say uh, what I was supposed to do. And, and where I come from, it's uh, my, my, where I come from in my thinking is um, it's what you chose to do, what you accepted that, that that's how I would see it. I, but, but uh, you're, you're seeing it differently. So I would see it as I decided to accept it rather than I'm supposed to. Okay. No, that, that's that, that's only for me, right? That's the only, I don't know where that came from, but that that's what it what it was for me. Well, in in, in essence, it was it, it's a learning experience for yeah. me, and it um it showed me, as you spoke about before, the paths that we can choose. We can yeah. become angry, or we yeah. can become wise from a situation, or kind. Well, in my case, I've been like the whole spectrum. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've experienced the feelings of aggression, and I usually let that out through sport when I did play hockey. Yes. Uh, oh, that's a good one to play. To get yeah, that. It, was, it was a perfect opportunity for me to do it. Was, it was also almost like uh, the phoenix coming out of the fire, trying to use that energy okay. in a positive way and to, to motivate myself to, conf to to make it like a laser as opposed to making it like a weak beam and just using oh, my yeah. energy. Oh, so what do you do now with that information that you have? What do you do with it uh, now? Um, now you've learned about it. Uh, what do you do with that learning? Well, first off, it gave me the opportunity to see how the Akashic Records has the capacity to yeah. open one up to their soul's plan, their book of life. Is it open to anybody? Well, it's, it's, it's open to anybody. It's a matter of raising your energetic vibration to the eighth chakra, which is about 12 inches above the head, to open up and, and be in touch with that energy. I mean, people can be and will be in touch with that energy if they open up the Akashic Records, but some people won't. They'll feel the energy if they, you know, quiet the mind. All right. But some people are then able to take it a step further by then, you know, hearing information, seeing information, receiving a download of information for people based upon just them opening up their records or them asking specific questions and I'm sitting here thinking um, somebody's going to be watching this because we're just recording now. Somebody's going to be watching this and they're going to say to themselves, what are the Akashic Records? Well, the, that's a good question, obviously. The Akashic Records are a vibrational imprint made on the Akasha. What's that? Okay, so the Akasha is an energetic field in the fifth dimension. Uh, where uh, our thoughts, our actions, um, um, our speech is recorded. It's like throwing like a rock into the into a lake, and the reverberation of those you know waves that that come off the rock hitting the water would be endless if there were no sides to the lake to stop it. 
And so the akasha is the stoppage point of the what absorbs that particular our words, our actions, and our deeds, and records it and keeps it in an energetic vibration. And when it's stored there, a person like myself or someone else who opens up an akashic record for the person that they're reading for for themselves, is receiving a, a holographic download that is interpreted however it's perceived by the reader. So obviously each person who's doing a reading has some type of, not pre-existing, but has their own bias energy involved in reading someone else's energy, their own personal interpretation. So are the Akashic records the recording of time up till now? Or are the Akashic records recorded up to infinity and in all variations of the realities that we'd experience or or is it just simply what's being done up until now no that's a good question it's the, it's from the beginning of time to infinite infinity. okay it's uh, it's our past experiences past lives present moment and future possibilities based okay. upon our based upon our thoughts and our words okay. Okay. Um, able uh, ability to manifest okay so it's not like I, I think about it as like in this old uh, castle or something, this dark room with all these cabinets filled with 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 all the records of all time. It's, it's not like that at all. It's 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 an energy. Well, it's an energy, but it's also, I guess, a visual interpretation of that energy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, why would? someone or or how no first how could just like an ordinary everyday kind of person connect to the akashic records or do you have to go to somebody who connects to the akashic records okay well the way i did it so i'll speak the way i did it um yeah please. I, I, re I, I read the book by gabrielle or who wrote yeah. a book called one true love and in that book is the prayer Okay, it's a sacred prayer that's open to most people, right, to, to be able to read that. It's a prayer that has been passed down from the Mayan tradition that was translated into Spanish, then was then translated into English, I think by a name by a man by the name of Johnny Prasinski, who had a vision one night of a, of a, a Spanish-Mexican yeah. woman who he'd meet and who would pass this prayer on to him, yeah. and it happened to have happened. Uh, and so he, I think, translated to English. Uh, but a person in terms of accessing the Akashic Records, you're able to read a prayer, which will change the vibration uh, for the person's mind, I guess, the, the waves, the brain waves. So, so if you read that passage, it will, it will so soothe your, your mind? Or... Yeah, well, I, I would say that when I initially had 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 started this, I felt yeah. in my I felt in my solar plexus, my yep. third chakra, I felt a yep. sense of of calmness and peace uh, that 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 allowed allowed me to actually sit like in a in a vibration that I felt also hitting my third chakra. So I felt like a heaviness on the third chakra and on the crown chakra. Okay, okay. Uh, so that was doing a reading for myself. All right. Doing the reading for someone else is a specific, is another prayer to be. Oh, read. okay. So, oh yeah. Tell me about that one. That's, that's really interesting. Okay. So that's a prayer. That's yeah. something once you've, you know, invested yourself in terms of learning the Akashic records and taking specific courses on the Akashic records, there's another prayer that is for specifically for clients 
to redo readings for other people, not clients, right. but you know people yeah, right. other than other than for yourself. Right. And it's a similar prayer, and gives you access using their name and the prayer to receive a download of information once right. their akashic records are open. Wow! So, and and, and you do that? That's what. I, yes. Uh huh. Wow. And, and, and you do that like for people, to, uh, um, like like clients. Yeah, I, I I see clients. I'd say I'd see about three to four clients. You know, I've been seeing about three to four clients a week. Um, uh, I've been assisting many people. I would say most people now who are on this like a journey of ascending ascension of trying to open themselves up, dealing with their past traumas in their fifties and sixties, uh, and and removing the blocks that maybe we spoke about before the, the traumas that people experience that they've forgot about through their reptilian brain as you were discussing with yeah, me yeah. Uh, and now I'm looking to go back and try to find through the akashic records and through my my readings some information to piece together the parts of themselves that they kind of like shut down or left out of their of their lives and it's been pretty pretty successful it's been giving me the opportunity to actually see their childhood see their uh their 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 experiences which they didn't recall and then oh yeah you know what I, I remember that now, yes. So could somebody without consciously knowing they're connected to the Akashic records do that and give information when they're doing readings? Uh I'm asking for a friend. Yeah. Well I would I would, <laughs> I'm joking, I would, right? Brett, well me. I would say I would say the psychic sure. reading is accessing yes. a similar information. I think really I, yeah, I mean yeah. Edgar, Cay Edgar Case, who was this, yeah. yeah, was a prophet, no, and, yeah. and I mean he speaks about the Akashic records. I don't believe he said a specific prayer, but I believe that in his daydream mindset of quieting the brain down, which the prayer does, that the person then has the ability to then access that information. I think we're in touch with the Akashic records when we're daydreaming, when we settle our mind. I think this is a, 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 a it's an entrance point of allowing a person to then settle into that energy. So when you're reading the Akashic records for someone, yes. um, is that like when, when I do a reading, you know, I'm sitting across from the person, whether it's online or whether it's in person. Uh, um, and, and I do, and, 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 and mine are more of a monologue than a dialogue. And, 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 and I just start talking and I talk about whatever comes into my mind. Um, is is that what you do when you're doing um, it? Or uh, I would I would I I'm using the prayer with yep. the person's name to access right. their energy. Okay. Whether they're in front of me, you know, behind me, a thousand miles away, oh. if I don't see them or not see them, it doesn't matter. I don't have to okay. see them. Okay. Um, I don't have to hear them as long as they give me their name. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, I understand that. And so through that particular uh, entrance point again, um, I'm able to then um, receive information in, in imagery. Um, and so in other words, the session itself will open up with the prayer using their name. And then I will sit a few minutes in, in, in quietness and in, 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 in solitude, and I will see what information and which people come into the reading from fa what family members. And then as it, as it progresses, I will explain that what I'm seeing and it must, it's a profound experience or person in the person's life. Um, 
And then I'm having a profound experience right now. Oh, right. And then the person will then ask questions. And the questions are not yes or no questions, questions that don't elicit a yes or a no answer. They're questions that are more on a soul level of how and what. So in other words, how do I access, how do I go about finding the correct relationship? What, what do I need to do in order to get that specific job? What are the, what are the blocks in the way? So, um, you know, it's blowing my mind, Adam. So, so when I do a reading, it, like I said, it's a, it's a monologue rather than a dialogue, most of it. Um, but, but the way I do readings, um, I ask two questions, and the two questions are, how old are? Well, I already know their name. Uh, how old are you now? And what month is your next birthday? And what I'm asking, and what I'm asking, or what I'm looking for is where we are right now in time. So I tune into where they are right now in time, where I am as well. And, and that's my anchor. And, and I move forward and backward in time. But I'm always using that anchor as where we are right now. And when you're, you were talking about asking questions about, I think, the, the future and, and the past, I realized that one of the reasons I'm, I, and, and I always make reference to um, the, the time period and the date when I'm doing readings as well, talking about the future or talking about the past. And, and, and what I'm doing is telling myself where I am in time. And I'm in time in that person's life. And and what I'm thinking you just told me or, or taught me is, is that I, I, I could be connecting with the Akashic Records. Somehow it happened. But that, that, that's what I just learned with you, I think. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like that. Does it? Um, Does it yeah, well, because because it's at the anchor, as you as we're speaking yeah. about that entrance point, that point of me using the name gives me the capacity to then go forward and go back. Right. Um, yeah. So it's like opening up. It's like opening up, like shooting an arrow at the Akashic records. Another thing that I'm into now, tell me how you would feel about this. Um, one of the things that I'm starting to do is, is taking like a, a whole career. Um, I'll move into the future and then when I'm talking, say say you're going through a really terrible time, uh, like most of my clients when they come to see me. What 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 I do is I look forward into the future, and I describe to the say the person's forty years old in front of me. I'll go to where they are at eighty, and I will look back through their eyes at eighty, and I will describe to them today how they feel about the way they solved the problem that they're coming to see me for. Wow. That's very interesting. And 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 um that, that now I I I I I I'm I'm reading the Akashic records. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm doing that. Okay, that, that's what I'm doing. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, I it, it's a, I think it's just a, it's a, such an interesting it's this interesting path to, as we are speaking, as you know, we, yeah. we started off at the very beginning of of the trauma and and yes. and, and, the, and the bridges that we 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 need to walk over yeah. in order to get to new destinations. 
And I think and the Akashic Records, record, yeah, records does that. No, that's that's and, and and almost everyone I've met since I've uh, you know made my new entrance into the, the this field, right? You know, had uh, an overnight success after fifty-seven years, right? Um, so as I made my way back, I am learning so many things that I'm doing, and I never even realized that I've been doing them. This what, what a glorious experience! Thank you, by the way. You're welcome. Absolutely. Yeah. This is great. Okay. Um, so when you do readings, and 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 by the way, if can, can just about anybody have have a reading from you? Absolutely. Yeah. There's not like a restriction or you know, you gotta be this evolved or you know, um, so the criteria is knowing your phone number and knowing how to dial it and saying, please help me. Is that is that basically what they need? Yeah, I, I also would say that when a person is more open to receiving, well, it's a lot easier, isn't it? Then it's a lot easier to oh, receive, sure. to pass information on. Yes, I think that's the connection between passing val authentic information to someone and them okay. receiving it. And I, yeah, so I think that when people's vi I think when people's energetic vibration is also stronger. Yeah, if they have some, if they have their own spiritual path that okay. they've experienced or gone okay. up, I think it's a lot easier for the energy and the act to access their energy and to get a clearer reading. Okay, so when you're doing that, um, do you have a medium per se, or do you just kind of sit there and let the energy come through? My medium is is as we as we spoke about opening the name. I I hear it's the it's the masters and teachers. Oh uh, yeah, or the loved ones passing okay. information through. Okay. Sometimes I'll hear a soft voice saying yes or no. Yeah. Okay. Um, I will see uh, past lives come into play and how certain patterns have 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 been an ongoing cycle of the behavior that exists in the present life and what had happened in another life that mirrors that specific trauma or cycle or, or karma that they have are working on? Do your clients um, have to believe in reincarnation or can you give them information um, without them having to believe in reincarnation? No, they don't need to believe in reincarnation. Okay. Yeah. No, I, what I, what I, do they I, need to do be able to do to get a reading from you? In terms of their own, besides personal. having enough money to pay for the reading, but but oh, besides okay. that, what? what <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay, That's so true. what? What else? <laughs> uh, I think I think that a person would need to be honest with themselves. Okay, okay. Uh, and with you, right? And, well, with me, but I think if they're honest with themselves, they'll be honest with me. Okay. Um, I think that it's important for a person to um, avoid any alcohol or any before. type of recreational drugs before. Yes, because that would affect the energy field of the person. That does make sense. Yeah. So I would look at it like, I would also say that um, when a person is in um, acceptance, when they, they're in, in the mode of acceptance and not putting up any barriers or, or, e or not, in, not in a sense state of ego. In other words, people sometimes want to take information, but they want to question the person doing the reading rather than the information. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, that, that, that could be annoying. Yeah. So I've had that where people are, you know, rebounding the information I'm giving and throwing it back to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
when that happens on my side of the crystal ball, as it were, what 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 happens to me is I shut down. Right. That that's what happens. Well, my, the other thing is is that I you I don't want anybody to be reliant upon me. I want people to become independent thinkers and also have the okay. capacity to use the information to grow okay. from it rather than become All dependent. Right. Okay. Yeah, I see my practice as, you know, the lifeguard diving in the in, in the swimming pool or in the lake and pulling the person out. Um so I I, I, I see I see myself more as a crisis worker, um more so than 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 um yeah, getting the person out, making them safe, getting them in a safe position, you know, getting them balanced and then and then they go off to somebody else. I I that, that that's how it's been for me. Well, for, for, from from my perspective, yeah. doing the work, um, I would say that many of the people um, there's there's a feeling of a loss of self love, yeah, or self acceptance. The inability it makes, it cry, to, it makes me cry when I see yeah, that. Yeah, the inability to to love themselves yeah. um, and to accept themselves, and therefore causes a sense of disconnect between parts of themselves that they left behind that they don't want to know from. And I think the readings that I do help connect the parts of themselves that they've dismissed and bring them back into the equation and, and create more whole wholeness for them. Because because I'm as an outsider seeing yeah. the information, it makes yes. it easier for them to allow that information to pass through them rather than them doing the work where they'd be battling themselves. But as an outsider not knowing them, and getting this information, I'm passing information that is presented to them in a digestible manner that helps them digest it, I think. Are you consciously awake or are you uh, in an altered state when you're no. doing this? You're not. not in an altered No, I'm not in an altered state. I'm in a state of receiving. Okay. I'm in a state of openness. Um, yep. uh, my heart is open. Um, it's, it's a heart, heart chakra is open. Uh, I do look to the left. I see information out the left upper side when I'm doing a reading, when I'm hmm. doing the reading. Okay. And there's usually a web of light that I'll see. And through that information, that side is where I get my information. Doing this kind of work has been my experience that when I have an angry feelings of anger or something, when I'm working, I, 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 I can't do the reading. I, I, I can't connect. Um, is there, is there, how do you tune in or connect to the person that you're doing readings for? And is there something that that person could do or not do cause you to have trouble tuning into them? I think I mentioned it before. I think, the, okay. uh, I think, I think their, their openness, uh, their energy, their own personal okay. energy. Okay. Their, their ability to receive information and not block yeah. the information that's coming yeah. through or, or in, in the midst of the information, not question it. Um, I think it's also important for some, not, not feedback, because we're not giving feedback at the time. Some people are there more, to, more skeptical than they are in the, in the state of receiving. So the skepticism okay. is the part that would, would be a deterrent, I believe, to allow information to flow. Because it's counterproductive for the person to to do that. They're putting up a shield around their energy field, and then it becomes difficult for me to do the reading. As you said before, I guess my own personal um, 
Uh, mood will definitely affect a reading. Uh, if I am aggravated or I'm stressed, uh, it, it, I'd have to really pull myself uh, together at times yeah. to make sure that I'm, I'm there in that, in that session. Uh, and it could be challenging if, if, the, if the mind is, is, is challenged with other stresses that are going on. Okay, that, that, that's interesting. Um, so we could talk about the Akashic Records and all the reactions um, until the cows come home. Um, but you do other things besides read the, just just read the Akashic records. Well, you know, you do other things. What what other things besides being a um, a star pitcher and uh, you know what well, other I, things? I, I also do shamanic work, and I've um, what is a shaman? Uh, 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 a shaman. A shaman is a keeper of the of the light, the traditions of the, the okay. fire to keep yeah. the the tradition going to keep. Uh, to, to, to offer information and insight to journey for people to get information for them so that they are, you you they interpret their lives in a, in a, in a different way um, from from the perspective of different realms that exist in the shamanic traditions you know the low world the middle world and the upper world the three different realms and as a shaman um, I I find I find it my I find it, I find, excuse me. That's all right. Um, I, I, I find it my, the, the, first of all, I've had past lives where I've been a, a, a Lakota Indian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's very interesting just on that level of talking about past lives. I've run into people wearing Lakota tattoos. Yeah, yeah. I asked my girlfriend to go to the library in Manhattan and she opened up a book and it, the book would said the Lakota Indian. Uh, and, each person, and then I had a reading done, a woman said, you know, you were Lakota from this and this time. So it's something that is in me. I feel that's in me, and I feel the connection to it. But in terms of the work itself, it's actually, it's um, trying to incorporate soul loss, the parts of a person's fragmented soul that were lost through trauma, and trying to bring that back into the person's body, into the person's consciousness. By seeing it for the person, if they're unable to see it themselves, and they have the uh, they have the they have the capacity whether to in- incorporate it back into their body, or to leave it out of their body and where it is. So it's almost talking somebody off the shelf, so to speak. I think it's not almost. I think it is talking somebody okay. off the shelf. So let's let's go with that then. That's that, that's the real thing. That okay. I just so in other words, is it safe? Is Am I in a safe place now, or am I wise enough to now incorporate parts of things that I did not want in me, and by cutting them away, I feel better that they're away from me? And this would be your client speaking, or about yeah, the experience yeah, yes, with you? Yes, yes. So I do, I do what is known as a, I do a Olympia ceremony, where I invite the different directions from the north, the south, the west, the earth, and the, and the sun. I open up the space for the for the client, and then I clear away their energy field with alcohol, rum. Can you drink sh- it? Well, I'm spitting, I'm blowing it on them. Oh, so you're probably really, get, I, so, I probably have some remnants of the, yeah. uh, of the do, alcohol. Do you swallow it a bit, just a little bit yeah, just before I, you yeah. do? Okay. When I turn around and nobody's looking. <laughs> yeah. And then I fall on the floor, and they say, yeah. why are you... <laughs> yeah. Well, I've done eight readings today, you know, and the rum's caught up. <laughs> That's true. No, 
for, for the most part, it, it, it's effective. The energy sure. I use, I do an egg clearing. I take the of egg, course. I roll it over the I body. was joking. I was, you know, joking about the rum. I, 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 that was really tongue-in-cheek. Actually, that's for other people that were that, that are listening. You know, I was just playing. I wasn't. Well, if it's Halloween, you can do it. Right. Okay. All right. All right. When you listen to yourself or listen to what other people say to you about what you do, what does it feel like? It feels good. Uh, it feels, it feels uh, authentic. It feels um, like it's my purpose. It's a transition going from a job as a teacher to transitioning yourself to the role that I'm playing now and the job and the responsibility that I'm working in or working with. It feels heart to heart when dealing with a client. It feels that many people are in need of opening their hearts to receiving and giving. When you're doing your work, do you feel love for that person? Yes. Yes. And then when you're completed it, then while you still care, that love isn't quite the same. It's like, uh, I'm asking you that because that's what I do. Well, I, I, I think, I think, there's a difference between working with different energies, first of okay. all, and, and that gives a different feel. Of course. And, right. a different, and a different response and a different type of a conclusion that you make thereafter. I think for me, um, there are so many people who need healing, and when they receive it, they're, 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 they're open for the moment, and then they, they question what they felt or oh, what yes. took place. Right. And so if you deal with a, a man, for example, I have many friends that come over. There's a deep connection for, the, for, for, the, for, for men to open up their hearts. They need to open up their hearts more to receive and not pretend to be a macho character mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and build up this wall around them in order to, like, you know, to, to, to be tough. So my, my role is soft, softening them up a bit. Yes so that they're able to take in the energy and feel the love that's necessary for them to be whole, masculine and feminine, a balance of both. Right. So my, my feeling is to balance the body when doing the energy of bringing the feminine and the masculine, the earth and yes. the sun, the combination of both. Otherwise, yes. you can't live without either. Right. And I think, um, I think that people will contact me and they'll say, you know, I feel better. I could walk my knee. I can move now. Or the person, I felt the vibration that was going through my body. And I don't remark upon it. I just let them feel it and digest it themselves. I'm, I'm not looking for the validation, although I am looking for the yeah, validation. Well, I, yeah, right, of course. It's a, it's a mix, mixture of both. Right. I don't want them to look that it's, want people to think it's about me by asking how you're feeling or how, what did you feel? but more so to get a, an idea of what I'm doing is actually being effective. Yeah, you're 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 learning as 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 you're 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 healing, learning yes. as you're teaching and and um what you know, you can't always know what the other person is going through even though you're working with them, so it's a good idea to be asking and it's, and it's also nice if you get validation. Yeah. So, you know, just getting the validation is also part of the job. And then getting the validation uh, is part of 
your job or, or my job. And that validation uh, makes us better at doing our job as well. That's right. That I that's that I believe. It yeah. gives you it gives you it gives you a, 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 a not only the purpose but the, the the esteem to continue on. Obviously, to know that it is effective. Otherwise, sure. if you didn't hear any get any feedback, you'd say, "Is am I doing? Am I I'm actually doing the work I'm saying I'm doing?" Or then the, the the imposter syndrome could take over. You want to talk about that one? I, I saw that 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 look in your eye. Well, I I I think I think I think as we do something new in our lives, yes. we all we all we question yes what we're doing, how we're doing it, and why we're doing it, and those 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 questions come into the self confidence we have about doing work, whether you're a school teacher, a healer, a broadcaster, whatever field we get in, the initial feeling is, am I good enough to do what I say I'm doing? Oh, I've asked that question a few times in my life. <laughs> well, I, I think understand. it's a, yeah. I think it's that spiral of of self esteem. Yeah. yeah, I think the self sabotage of our parents comes into play. Is it? Yeah, the image of my father saying you're not yeah. good enough for doing that. Uh, that self talk. My mother following along with my father. Uh, what are you doing this for? Not. The work I'm doing now. I understand. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. No matter what it was. Yeah. And, and and it was all about fear. Everything was fear-based and control-based. And so you don't, it's, it's easy to get caught up in that, that ego sense, egocentric feeling of doing the work. Was, was, was your mother born in America or was she born yes. in Europe? Oh, okay. She was, no, she was born in America. We, again, we've talked about you, you doing readings um, and healing. Do people come to you on a regular basis, like, you know, you, they, they see you for five or six sessions, or, or do they come to you for one session, and, and um, what, what, how do you do that? Uh, I, they, they come for one session. Yeah. For the most part. Okay. Uh, if, it's, uh, if it's not a repetitive type of thing that I'm going to take a client for, it's, it's right. based upon taking on new clients and opening up their energy field and giving okay. them that, that channel of opening themselves up to it and understanding it. I think for a person who's at a certain age doing this, it takes them a while to assimilate the, the concept of energy and telling it to other people and sharing with other people, you could fall on deaf ears. And this, they wouldn't get the support they needed. So I think a person has to be truly confident in trusting the person doing the work, but also trusting their path. And some people are not still on their own path, even though they're in a certain age. They're still relying upon the system of, of you know, not only the medical field, I mean, which we need, but there's other yes. ways and other channels along with that. Where do you see... Or, or think you're perceiving, where do you think your work or your calling is going to lead you and call you to or beckon to you? Where, where do you think the next step is? Or how well, I'm in the process of writing a book. Oh, uh, hey, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to ask that one. What are, what are you writing about? Well, I'm actually writing about telling his story. His his, his story, his story. Oh, oh, history. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, telling oh, my story. Oh, yours. Telling his okay. story. Sorry, man. All right. 
Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm bringing together the trauma of childhood and the, the journey of, of resurrecting my trauma and understanding the, the entities, the people in my life, my grandmother's journey, my path here and how the whole situation came to be and what I've learned. Uh, finding my father's father in World War II in Europe and creating a documentary film. And I have a lot of photos and I have a lot of diaries and I have a lot of uh, stories, you know, ethnic stories growing up in Brooklyn, uh, playing sports in the street, running to my grandmother's house on the holidays. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, it, so it's, it's based on that. But then there's, there's probably other components of, of the work. Uh, you, when we spoke the last time, you told me that I'd be writing a few books, uh, and I just got a confirmation from another person who said something similar on a psychic level. So, well, you're, you're, you're helping us fulfill one of the predictions that you're writing a book. So yeah, yeah. We'll see what that's great. I'm sure it's going to be a bestseller. Um, I'm we've had this wonderful conversation. Um, we were having this wonderful conversation before we, you know, started recording it. It's, it's been, it's been really great. Um, what would you say to people like leave a, 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 a parting message or wish or, um, how could somebody identify they're having problems and would need the help of, of, of someone that does the, uh, uh, um, um, spiritual work that you do. I think I noble. Think we, I was going to yeah. say noble I think, was I, the word I was looking I, I, for. Thank you. I think when we we wind up in the repetitive cycle of our lives and we continue on a path, and we don't allow ourselves to sit with ourselves to to understand that we have also a physical experience but we also have a soul experience and there's times where we get we come into crisis with ourselves and if we don't pay, take, take heed to the soul experience i think we become sick so i think it's so important for us to notice what our purpose is not our financial purpose but what yeah. the, but the purpose of what which brings us satisfaction and how we're better able to incorporate the child within us that we let left behind due to trauma. And I think we want, and I think, I think to being complete, we need to do that. We need to re, 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 reorganize and, and bring back the part of ourselves that we left behind thinking that, you know, when we grow up, I'm grown up now, that part of me is gone. That cut, that split that we leave behind that makes us half and apart. So I think it's important for us to know that we're on a soul, the body, the human body is having a soul experience. Um, the soul is using the body as its mechanism, but we need to validate that and pay, pay, pay attention to what we're feeling, how we're feeling, and recognize our emotions and how they interact with, with, the, with the people around us in the universe. So I'd say soul, understanding our soul, self-love, trying to learn to incorporate the child in us, which will bring us to that place of loving ourselves again, doing the things we did as children that we abandoned because other people turned us off to them. You're a beautiful being, Adam. And Thank you so much. It's been, it's been a lot of fun, um, really enjoyable, and it's, it's, it, it's been an honor to um, connect with you on, on this high spiritual level that you function on. And, and thank you. Thank you.
Thank you for giving me the opportunity because I view you the same exact way on a, on a human level. Thank you, Adam. Wow, this brings us to the end of another uh, rock 'em, sock 'em, uh, knock 'em down, drag 'em out shows. Again, I'd like to I'd like to thank Adam uh, Gal for uh, being on uh, this side, my side of the crystal ball. Looking forward to talking with him again sometime in the future. He just shared so much information. Thanks a lot, Adam, for for, for being on. Um, and uh, before I say goodbye, I've just got a couple of requests. If you're watching us on YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe to our channel. Incidentally, subscriptions are important because the more subscriptions we have, the more attention and the more broader uh, uh, the range of the show becomes throughout uh, YouTube's um, network. The more we uh, are spread out, the more viewers we get, and then the more shows that we can do. So please subscribe to our channel. And incidentally, subscriptions are complimentary. That means they're no charge. Uh, you can also find us on Apple, Spotify, uh, um, iHeart, and uh, pretty much uh, uh, Instagram, and pretty much anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to get in touch with me personally, you can find me on uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and on my website, www.robertlindsaymilne.com. I'm still doing reading, so reach out. Let's see if we can connect. And now, as I'm saying goodbye, um, these, these, these thoughts I'm sharing with you. Do good, stay safe, and above all, just be kind. Good night, everybody.